0: Um, Some of you may not know me, my name is Jeremy Hetzel, I'm the Director of Student Ministries here at Family of Christ, and I was not supposed to be up here this Sunday. Um, We had a four-sermon series for four pastors coming in, and by God's will, the fourth pastor decided not to come, so then it was like, well, we need someone to preach. And I'm up. So, thank you. Praise Jesus. So, um, I just want to make very clear that I am not one of the candidates. <laughs> I, am, uh, I am very happy in the job I'm in. I'm very thankful when I get to preach up here, but I am not one of the candidates. All right. So, um, today we are doing the fourth chapter of Philippians, and today I'm going to teach you a phrase that's going to help you be more content sounds pretty powerful, huh? I know a really powerful phrase I'm going to teach you. But before we do that, I have a question that I want you to discuss with your neighbors, and it is this. Have you ever had a hard time being content? Go for it. All right, uh, anyone ever in their life had a hard time being content? Most of us. Does anyone know what this um, young boy wanted? Red Rider BB gun. Does anyone know the exact phrase of like exactly what he wanted? Yeah. All right, ask Michelle later. She knows it. <laughs> I was thinking about trying to memorize it, but I couldn't because it's a really intense, like, carabiner 400 watt. (laughs) I'm a real gun enthusiast. Um, So, ever had a hard time being content, right? We all have a hard time being content at some point in our lives, and sometimes it's something that's really meaningful, right? Like, sometimes it's something that is very God-honoring that we want, and other times it's just something like a, a BB gun, okay? So... Today, I want to share a story of my life of a time when I wasn't very content. And so the story starts out at La Forêt. Have you guys ever been to La Forêt? Um I'm almost positive this experience happened at La Foray. Um, all I remember is that it was at a retreat center, conference center in Black Forest. I think it was La Foray. Okay? If someone finds out differently, I'd love to know, but I don't think any of you were there, so I would be the only one that knows. So, I grew up in Arkansas, that's when I was a teenager, in Arkansas, and growing up in Arkansas, I was in high school, and I didn't have a girlfriend. Thanks for your sympathy, y'all. Um, so, I, I pretty much just intended, I wasn't going to date in high school, most of the time it's a waste of time. If you met your spouse in high school, I don't mean it was a waste of time, um, but most of the time, most high school relationships don't go very far, Okay? But I knew when you go to college, that's a great opportunity to meet someone. So <clears throat> I go off to College of the Ozarks in Branson, Missouri. I am so stoked. I'm excited. Not only am I at college, but I'm going to meet a lady. So I go through all freshman year, no girlfriend. I go through sophomore year, no girlfriend. I go through junior year, no girlfriend. Senior year, I get through half of senior year, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I'm going to graduate and not even dated anyone in college. Like, what is wrong with me? <laughs> so I'm almost all the way through undergrad, and I get the opportunity to come to Focus on the Family Institute here in Colorado Springs. Now, when the Institute was running at Focus, they had 88 students. I was one of those 88 students. I was one of 17 boys. Them are good odds, y'all. <laughs> Plus, all of these girls are Christians at a leadership institute here in the Springs. I'm like, all right, God, if you haven't provided my wife yet, you're clearly going to introduce me to my wife here at the Institute. I go through the semester. <laughs> now I'm like, what? <laughs> Seriously, God, like, I'm going to be 23 soon. I'm an old man. I haven't dated anyone. I've, I've never had a girlfriend. Oh my gosh. So I start out at Holy Cross Lutheran Church here in the Springs. That was my first youth pastor job. I'm here and I'm serving. And I'm like, this is a large congregation. I don't know how I'm going to meet a girl now. Um, but God's probably got away. And I will tell you, and some of you can attest to this, there were moms who walked up to me nearly every Sunday and introduced me to their daughter. <laughs> Eligible young man, I'd say. So, I'm just trying to figure out, God, when am I gonna meet, meet my woman? Come on, God. So I see a flyer. I see a flyer for a singles retreat at La Fere. Lutheran singles retreat. And I was excited God, you have provided a weekend retreat for me to meet lots of fine Lutheran young ladies that I can finally meet my spouse. Yes. So I pay my tuition, not tuition, I pay my retreat fee and <clears throat> go off to Lafayette I unload my stuff. I walk into the main room and there's one girl my age. And she was like, And I looked around the room, and everyone was 40, 50, 60 years old. It was that type of singles retreat. And so this girl kept kind of like, hi. And I kept on kind of going. Because I was not feeling it. So I went up to my room. I was so mad. Have you ever been there? where you were just so mad, you thought God was going to provide something, you've waited clearly a long time, so long, and God still hasn't provided. (sighs) I was not content. I will come back to that story in a little bit. Let's go on to our text for today. Philippians 4, starting at verse 4. Philippians chapter 4, starting at verse 4, we'll read through 13. Rejoice in the Lord always, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned, but you have had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need. For I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secrets of being content in any and every situation, whether well fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through Him who gives me strength. So, how can we learn to be more content? What does it take? To learn to be more con- to be more content. So <clears throat> often when I have read this phrase, I've thought about verse 13. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. What's the secret of being content? I can do everything through him who gives me strength. But as I've reflected on that, I think that's just recognizing that we have the ability to endure. We may not be happy about our circumstances, but we can endure it. I'd say being enduring something is different from being content. So here's the beginning of the phrase. It's in three sections, and I'm going to give you the whole phrase by the end of the sermon. But the beginning of this phrase is God provides. God provides. If you guys have your Bibles, turn to Exodus chapter 16. Exodus 16, we're going to read verses 1 through 4. All right, so <clears throat> Israelites are in the wilderness. They've been there a long time. Um, They haven't been gone from Egypt very long, but they're in need. Let's see what they need. The whole Israelite community set out from Elam and came to the desert of Sin. This is not a place I want to go. Which is between Elam and Sinai on the 15th day of the second month after they had come out of Egypt. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you've brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions." They were missing Egypt. Oh, remember the good old days when we just sat around and ate meat? They were slaves in Egypt. They were whipped. They were beaten. They had to make bricks. It was a horrible life. And oh, they missed it so much. Oh, we had all the food we could eat. They're acting like it was a resort. It was not. And God provided, right? So they were not content. God provided. Go to Numbers verse, chapter 11, verse 4. Numbers 11, 4 to 6. Now they've been wandering in the desert for a while. Verse 4 says, The rabble with them began to crave other food. And again, the Israelites started wailing and said, If only we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt at no cost, except our lives. Also the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic. But how do we, but now we have lost our appetite. We never see anything but this manna. <laughs> they don't have any food. God provides. God provides the same food. They get sick of it. They're discontent again. Is this not how we are? All the time wanting more and more and more and more. We always want more. So first part of the phrase, God provides. provides. But the second part of the phrase is in his time. God provides in his time, not right when we want it, and not always what we want. God provides in his time. Go to Genesis chapter 18. This is the story about Abraham and Sarah. Three men have approached their tent, and they are providing food for them, and then Abraham knows this is the Lord. So the Lord is speaking to Abraham in verse 10. Then the Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already old and well advanced in years, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, <laughs> After I'm worn out and my master is old, will I now have this pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, will I really have a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year and Sarah will have a son. God provides in his time. When we look at the story of Abraham and Sarah, they had to wait a long time. And really, to us, it doesn't make any sense that they had to wait that long. Why would they have waited that long? God could have provided their son at any point way earlier on. And instead, he made them wait because he wanted his glory to be seen and shown. He wanted Abraham and Sarah to know that he was God and he could do anything, even if it didn't make sense, even if you were confused by it. God was in control. God provides in his time. Now, another question that we have to face is, but why does he make us wait? Why does he make us wait? Let's go to Amos chapter 4, verse 6. Amos 4, verse 6 says this. I gave you empty stomachs in every city and lack of bread in every town. Yet you have not returned to me, declares the Lord. I'm going to read it again. I gave you empty stomachs in every city and lack of bread in every town. Yet you have not returned to me, declares the Lord. He didn't take their desire away. He just took the bread away. He let them still have empty stomachs. He let them live in that discontent because he wanted Them to return to him. Think about Abraham and Sarah again. What did they do when they took matters into their own hands? Abraham slept with Hagar so they could have a son. They took matters into their own hands and did not obey what God was calling them to do. And in the same way, all too often when we are discontent, we don't turn to God about it, we just buckle down and try to take care of it ourselves. We search the city for bread, we hire a baker, we make our own bread, we do whatever it takes to appease ourselves and make ourselves content, instead of saying, God, in your time, in your time, God, I will wait for you. So back to our phrase. So far we have, God provides in his time. And the last part of it is, so rest in him. God provides in his time so rest in him Psalm 46:10 I'm just going to read the first part of this verse Be still and know that I am God Be still and know that I am God. In the moments when you are waiting, in the moments when you know, I want life to be better. And maybe it's a totally God-honoring reason. Maybe you want your marriage to be better. Maybe you want a better job. Maybe you want a child. Maybe you want a spouse. Maybe you want a girlfriend. Maybe it's a God-honoring thing that you want, but he is having you wait. So have your focus be on him. So I'm at La I'm up in my room and I am angry. I'm like, I'm I'm just gonna be an old man. I'm 23, I've been through high school, college, focused on the Family Institute and now I'm working at my first job and no girlfriend. No girlfriend in sight except that girl that's sitting over there that keeps looking at me. (laughs) And I'm up in my room and I'm just mad. And I remember in my frustration, and i think he just impressed it on my heart i don't know how but i had the thought jeremy you you're so mad about a relationship that you don't have you're never this mad when you don't spend time with me oh oh i should i should care about you first god if i make if i make you first if i keep you first That's what I'm supposed to do? And I just was convicted in that moment. Why do I care so much about this relationship that I don't have? And I don't care at all about the times that I don't spend time with God. And I know he loves me. He created me. He has a plan for me. So those next months, eight months, I can honestly say was the first time in my life that I really truly did live with complete peace, just knowing If God's going to provide me a spouse, he's going to provide me a spouse. But I don't have to worry about it, and I don't have to keep my eye out. Because I feel like any time I met a young lady, I'd be like, God, is she the one? And I finally started living life. I'd meet a young lady, and we'd be friends. And I was really comfortable, and I could actually talk to them. That's really a helpful thing (laughs) if you want to have a girlfriend. So that was in September of '03. March of '04. so eight months, May of 04, eight months later, I was at a graduation party from my college. <clears throat> I see a young lady who is there at the graduation worship service party, just singing her heart out, praising Jesus. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, dang. And I started flirting with her and then started calling her on the phone because she lived in Missouri and I lived in Colorado. And we started talking on the phone regularly. And then Christmas Eve, we were engaged. And by the next August, we were married. Praise Jesus. (laughs) So Susan and I have now been married for 12 years and I did meet her in college. But we've been married 12 years now and we have four kids and a fifth on the way. Praise Jesus. I guess we weren't content. Um, so this is, this is what I want to remind us of. God provides in his time, so rest in him. And I thought I really wanted to make this as easy as possible for you guys to remember this phrase, because I know it'll help so much. So I thought we'd just memorize this. Gefitsri. <clears throat> kidding. Just kidding. Um, Here's the point. Does remembering a phrase really have the power to make you more content? No, it does not. Now, that phrase contains a lot of truth about what it means to be content, but who's the one that makes us more content? God is. God is the one that transforms our heart and makes us new and helps us to be content because we cannot make ourselves content sometimes. Um, I have a friend who has a friend whose kid is in the hospital, a young baby that was born only two or three weeks ago. Those parents are struggling. They're discontent because their child is still in the hospital. I totally understand that. Trust in God. Rely on him. God provides in his time, so rest in him. And in resting in him, that's when we are brought back to being at peace and reminded that it's okay. God will make it better. And and he may not make it better on this earth, right? We have heaven to look forward to, and I promise we will always be content then. I wanted to read Philippians, the beginning part of our text again, starting at verse four. Rejoice in the Lord always, always. whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. I don't know where your life is right now and I don't know what you may be discontent about. But I know God knows And I know he can provide. And while he is not providing, go to him. Don't try to make your own bread. Don't try to fill your stomach with stuff that's not from him. Be content in waiting for his provision. I wanted to close by reminding us the season that we're in right now. We are waiting for a senior pastor. We've seen three the last three weeks. Is our next senior pastor gonna be perfect? He is not. Is our next senior pastor gonna be the exact guy that all of us 100% wanted? Probably not. I wanna encourage you to be content with whoever God provides as our next pastor whether it was the candidate that you were in love with and really wanted or the candidate that you were like, yeah, it was good. Because God provides. And our next senior pastor is going to need our support and our encouragement because being a pastor is hard, which is one of the reasons why I am not a candidate. (laughs) Just saying. What I want to remind us is God is providing a man in his time who will come and will listen to the Lord and will lead us. So let's trust that man and even if it is not what we would say, ah, oh, this is what I wanted, let's trust God and let's be an encouragement to the next senior pastor and let's be content with who God provides and maybe if it's not exactly who you wanted or they don't have the skills that you wanted or they're not passionate about the same things, wait on God and maybe God will provide it through this next senior pastor, or maybe he will provide it for you in some other avenue. We as a church, cannot, we cannot be everything for everyone. So please hold up the next pastor in prayer, and please pray for leadership and just for our congregation, as we have important discussions and meetings the next couple, the next week or so, as we try to determine that, Right?